0: About that action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today.
1: We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP.
0: We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN.
1: I'm just about That Action, boss.
0: Welcome, everyone, to Bout That Action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Waddy-Wattnall, joined by my co-host and partner in picks, Mark Megatron-Glass. Today is Monday, May 10th. Mark, how was your weekend?
1: Fantastic weekend celebrating my mother, my my dearest mother. I know she's listening right now, so I'll (laughs) I'll give a shout-out to my mom, I guess. Um, (laughs) But... uh, I, I, I wanted to say I, I'm very excited. We're in the countdown mode, Kyle. We're in countdown mode of no more, uh, what do we call them, virtual episodes? That's right. If the listeners couldn't tell by no the shitty audio quality <laughs> and uh, our decrease in banter over the last couple months. Yeah, uh, yeah, We've been doing everything remote, obviously, while I've been back and forth between Orange County and Los Angeles. And you're down in San Diego uh, and right. In Tijuana, right? You've been going to Tijuana. That's a bunch. right.
0: All the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the <laughs> Tijuana
1: Club's. Um,
0: but you'll yeah. be, but you'll be coming down, Mark, for for the summer. I'm coming
1: down officially for June of 2021 How to San that? Diego. How about that? We've got that? we we've got show updates. You, I mean, you're you're the guy in charge of all this stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I am just the, the boss. One that feeds off the excitement.
0: Yeah, we do have a lot of exciting things coming. Uh, we are going through a rebrand, folks. Uh, about that action uh, is going to go through a rebrand. We're going to have a new show name. We're going to get our own feed. Uh, so basically you'll be able to subscribe to our podcast, uh, exclusively coming up in the next couple of weeks here. We will go through a short period where we'll be simulcasting, uh, on the sports gambling podcast network and the new feed. So you'll, you'll be able to get shows on both. But the point of that is we'll want people to transfer over to our feed uh, and subscribe to our podcast exclusively and leave, leave reviews exclusively over there as well. So we're going to be going through that. Uh, we decided our, our new show, if you will, will be focused on uh, some soccer, some fights. That's what we love talking about most. Um, that's what we love bantering about. That's what we love breaking down. It's going to be a super exciting new show. Uh, lots of in-person recordings, guests coming to the show. Lots of exciting things coming up, Mark. Um, Did I leave anything out?
1: No, I think that's the key. We're going to be narrowing down our focus just a little bit. Yeah. No just more, for the benefit no of you, no more viewers, Formula One. Honest.
0: No more Formula One, Mark. Sorry we about may, that.
1: we may. I'm going to negotiate <laughs> with, with Sean and Ryan that we can have Formula One at my discretion, my sole. As discretion. a bonus, a bonus that's, podcast. Everyone, that's once a long. huge sticking point in my new contract. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah. So just an opportunity for us to to speak about the things that that we enjoy more frequently and right. give better picks out to the listeners, and everyone makes more money. So it's a that's win-win. What it's all about in scenario looking forward to getting to that
0: and thank you everyone for listening to the podcast for your subscriptions your reviews uh that's what's helped us out uh to make this big this big jump to our own feed we're very excited about it so stay tuned uh, on this channel, over the next couple weeks, we'll be providing more updates on that transition that's going to be taking place. Very exciting. It's going to be a big summer. Uh, that transition is going to be uh, kicked off, if you will, with the Euro 2021 tournament taking place in June. That is why Mark is coming down to San Diego. We're going to basically be hanging out, going to the beach every day, and of course, focusing solely on the Euro 2021 soccer tournament uh, over that month, Just doing, just firing out content, firing out episodes, firing out picks. Um, so we're really looking forward to that uh, as the kind of big kickoff for our new feed. Um, speaking of other news in the sports world, Mark, um, there was a big boxing fight over the weekend. Canelo TKOs, Joe Saunders, um, big uppercut, breaks a bunch of bones in his orbital. Um, your thoughts on the fight? And Canelo's just Canelo's just too good. I don't know who's going to take down Canelo.
1: Yeah, he's 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 on a different planet right now. Uh, maybe Jake Paul. I'll take Jake Paul and beat him. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he literally broke uh, Billy Joe Saunders' face, right? They said right. his orbital bone, like, right under his eye. And so a lot bad. of people were upset because Saunders played it well. It was a pretty close fight all the way yep. throughout. Like, Canelo probably had the upper hand mostly, and then as it went on, Canelo just landed a, a few key shots there that, yep. that impacted him pretty strongly. So Saunders, in between rounds, had to pull out, and that's right. how he won. So a lot of people were a little bit disappointed in that, but...
0: Yeah, people I mean, are you, always bummed when that happens. But you
1: step in, you you step in the ring and fight one of the greatest fighters ever, and then you you With let me know eye how socket. it goes for you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You let me know how that goes, and then you can complain. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, big respect to Canelo. Got to watch that guy as much as you can while he's still around, because uh, he's special.
0: Agreed. Uh, he is special. Speaking of special. Uh, lots of special wide receivers in the NFL, but perhaps none greater than DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. He made headlines over the weekend, Mark. He made his pro track debut, ran the 100 meter dash, uh, in 10.36, his official time. I think he finished like ninth. Um, but he was, you know, it was not, not tough to see which one was DK Metcalf in that lineup of guys. He's just an absolute beast running down the track. Um, your thoughts on DK Metcalf's track, track debut and performance.
1: That was awesome. Total respect to DK Metcalf. He put himself out there out of his comfort zone. And oh my God, talk about winning the genetic lottery. (laughs) This guy, like you said, they're panning down the list. And he was like towards the end of the row, right? Right. So you see every sprinter before. (laughs) And like, they're all ranging from like 5'11 to like 6'3. So like, he's not that much taller, but it's just like, they're all like twigs compared to him. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) It just pans to this monster of a human being. <laughs> He's huge compared to these guys. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the guy who won the race won at 10.1 seconds, 10.12. Right. So He was only two point, he was basically point two seconds away faster. That's how close this was, right. you know, which, yeah, he, he, I think he got second to last in the heat, like he was nine yeah. out of 10 or something. Yeah. But I mean, these are, these are world-class sprinters. This guy, this guy's not a sprinter full-time, right. so I mean. And like we said, he's coming in 60 pounds heavier than anybody else. So it really just shows, it just shows how, how much of a freak this guy is. I mean, we already knew it, but now we get to put it, we get to measure it on paper with, with right. world-class sprinters. So I sure. hope he does more of it. I hope more, I hope more NFL guys look into this too. Like, uh, like a Tyree Hill, for example, Imagine the other Tyreek, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Tyreek known could for their speed, And they're like, Oh, DK Metcalf did that. Yeah. I want to try. Sure. I think that'd be a win-win for everyone. Cause it's, yeah. it's cool to just watch these guys sprint. Yeah. It's like watching a 40 yard dash, but it's, twice as long and against other world-class guys. And I think it's good for the sport of track too, to get, to get these guys. Totally. watching. Because no, let's be honest. No one fucking right. watches that. No that's watches what, I, that's what I was Saint just Bolt. thinking. Yeah. Totally. Usain Bolt for 10 seconds every four years. And that's right. about it. Just how I we get everyone,
0: just how we get boxers uh, or YouTubers going into boxing to shine some light on the sport. We could get some NFL players uh, joining these track meets and getting some, uh, getting some publicity to that sport. Wouldn't be that, wouldn't be that bad of a thing. Um, so that was, a, that was a cool highlight over the weekend, of course, uh, in, in more sad news, uh, Medina spirit, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby mark, uh, ends up testing positive for PEDs yesterday morning. So that was big weekend news as well. Um, before I get your thoughts on that, I will say the measurement of PEDs in the system was like, you know, we've heard this before. It's Is it like pictograms or pictograms? Uh, it's basically like a tiny, tiny, tiny amount, uh, they compare it to like grains of salt within an Olympic sized swimming pool. That's the comparison they like to make. Um, and the claim from Bob Baffert, the trainer is that, you know, we don't know how this got into the system. You know, what it reminds me of is, uh, Sean O'Malley back in the day when he had the, he tested positive PDs and was suspended for a while and he had no idea how it got into his system. Uh, and it was the same sort of comparison with little, little tiny traces, uh, within the system. So, what are your thoughts on this overall? Is this an issue that we're going to see like across multiple sports in the future? And is, should there be a limit for you're allowed this much of something random in your system? What do you think?
1: I think it's so so interesting. Like it's like, you, I mean, that's the classic excuse, right? Is the players like <laughs> I didn't know I was taking it. Right. Like Roger Clemens back right. in the day, right? Like with the steroids and stuff, you know? But to me, it's like—I mean, obviously, it's a fucking horse. Like, it doesn't—it doesn't know. Like, that's not the horse's fault. But as far as actual human athletes, it's like I don't really buy that excuse anymore because you pick the team around you. You know, you oh, know. I,
0: oh, I like what you're saying here. Like yeah, your
1: your your coach isn't giving you injections. That's like your personal trainers and stuff. So right. if those are the people you're relying on, I think you have to take responsibility for that. Mm. So in this context with the horses, I mean, I I think it's so difficult because like we said because it's a horse right yeah and it's so hard to know with these substances i can remember like i have no idea
0: how you i have no idea how you take care of a horse either you know i have absolutely no idea so i have no idea like what what goes into a a race horse's like diet and like physical training and exercise like i just just don't know enough about it to to break down yeah it's like 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 oats and barley or something but (laughs) i think apples
1: well, I remember, like, when we were playing in the NCAA, right, and you, you, they would you always had the looming, like, drug test yeah. coming, like, it could be completely random, right. and creatine was a banned substance by the NCAA, mm-hmm. but creatine is and its a very common, safe supplement that people take when they're working out and stuff. I was taking it during college, and yeah. the reason you could take it and get away with that was because it's a natural thing in your body, right, so it's like, okay— his creatine levels might be a little bit high but no one can prove that you're like illegally that you didn't produce adding. them so yourself it's something yeah. that everybody does you know it's basically sure. like a like, not everybody but yeah. so many do especially at like the professional level so i think where it gets complicated here is like with this horse a i'm not a scientist i don't know <laughs> how long do, do steroids last in a horse's system yeah. like when can this horse even go again how that impacts the training and how that actually like impacts the livelihood of the horse i mean I'm. I'm not no one of those idea. like crazy <laughs> animal rights people, but I feel like that's in play here. Uh huh. You know, because it's not. It's not the horse's choice. Sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like we gotta we gotta tread lightly here with what with yeah, what we yeah. say. For sure. Uh,
0: an interesting an interesting one. Just interesting. Obviously, we when you we want like good news coming from the horse the horse world. So it was a bummer to see that. Um, and we'll have to see what what'll happen now because obviously the process will be appealed. So this could be something that doesn't actually amount to much um so it will be interesting to keep an eye on that situation this is a
1: guy that owns like all the horses too right like, he's like <laughs> he's a legendary
0: trainer yeah he's he's, yeah, he's like a ton the of, horse racing guy a ton guy. of great a ton of great horses so uh definitely an interesting situation there um before we go ahead and transition into some fight talk this week we're doing ufc 262 and making some picks for that it's time for financial investing 101 Everyone, because all we care about is fucking rich. Sucks. last week we did the second leg of the champions league semi-finals uh with a matchup between it was what it was man city uh man city played psg and chelsea played real madrid mark how did you do last week
1: fantastic week and yeah, no yeah, better yeah. time yeah, yeah, to yeah. announce. <laughs> No better time to announce that we're doing a European soccer-based month of January, right? Right. Than to have the flagship club competition of uh, the European soccer, that being the UEFA Champions League, and get a clean sweep of both money lines and (laughs) props. Congrats. Cashing out at plus 750. And that was just off of two games, one week of action. Imagine what you can get with... How many games are there in a day? There's four games a day for an entire month of June. You're gonna be fucking rich. Sell your bi- Sell your Bitcoin right now and hop on the train for Euro 2020 slash technically 2021. Right. Because it's gonna be a big one. We took Man City to win with over one and a half goals scored in the match. They did just that. That cashed out at even money and they also advanced, which we which we uh, doubled down on. That was minus eight twenty five. So I got like twelve bucks extra there. Nice. But- Both things happened. Took Chelsea to win at plus 120. They did just that. Uh, American Christian Pulisic coming off the bench, getting an assist there. So go, go USA. And also to advance, which they did at minus 160. One of my favorite dog hits of all time. (laughs) We looked into the show notes last week, and I realized that I didn't have a dog. I was like, I I don't know. So on the spot, I looked, and I saw players to get yellow cards. And my analysis was that Chelsea was going to take the lead. PSG was going to get frustrated and cause a chippy game, yep. and that one of their like more bulldogish center midfield players was going to have to commit a foul at some point and get a yellow card. I said Marco Verratti Great would be that guy, and sure enough, midway through the second half, things got chippy, and Marco came through with the yellow card at plus 185. <laughs> Love that. Which was hilarious. That was amazing, Um, (laughs) which was a nice way to prop that game up. And then, of course, we parlayed the money line of both games there and cashed that out at plus 272. We still have a future pick for Man City to uh, go through uh, and win this championship. The two teams actually played, and I hit Chelsea sneak preview for the EPL Quick Pick Show. Chelsea beat them at plus 335, which I took as well, so... I mean that would have been that's a thousand dollars right the there. the
0: hand is hot right now. The hand the is hand hot. The
1: hand Is hot just in time for the Euros, baby. So make <laughs> sure you switch over to that feed. Nice. More updates to come, but yeah, that the Champions League we cashed out at plus seven fifty for the semi-final round. Very of, well like,
0: done, we- very well done for Mark there. Uh, I tried to get a little bit creative with some of the props for those two games. We both liked the English clubs to advance to the finals, which did happen. But I. Took a shot on a plus money play on both teams to score in the second half of the Man City PSG game. I figured, yeah, it makes sense that Man City will score and it'll get chippy, but I thought maybe some late goals would come. They ended up not coming, especially once a red card was handed out. I knew that bet was kind of dead in the water. We did, Mark. We did cash our no penalties bet at minus 200. And I
1: forgot I went in on that with you.
0: Yeah, I think maybe we should just be... Uh, maybe What if we just did that regularly? Would we make well, profit long term? I don't know.
1: It was close. Man City, yeah, there they were a got couple called, called calls. for a handball, and yes. they called a penalty, yes. and VAR called it back. Yes, so that was at close. Least you got that bit of luck.
0: That's true. Um, so we cashed that, but then we lose the... Uh, I thought both teams to score was a good bet for Chelsea, uh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid couldn't get on the board there. So some losses there, but Mark, I also rode with your Moneyline Parlay at plus 272 to make a slight profit, but pretty pretty boring uh bets for me last week all your all your th- you're clearly the star of the week so congrats for that on the clean sweep good work let's keep that uh keep that hand hot going into UFC 262 this weekend. First of all, it kind of feels like this card is not that hyped. I don't know if you kind of feel that way, but I feel like there's not that much like hype around it going on right now. But it is the lightweight title fight, the lightweight division that is absolutely stacked, the lightweight division with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira, that lightweight division that is one of the most exciting in the UFC. It's the title fight this weekend uh, between... Uh, Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira they're fighting for the title and there's some other good fights on the card as well Uh, let's go ahead and kick things off Mark with the main card opener it's a featherweight fight number nine ranked Shane Burgos a slight minus 120 favorite he takes on the 13th ranked Edson Barboza at even money your thoughts on this one
1: uh these were two guys that I don't know a ton about obviously they're they're both well-ranked fighters here I'm going to take Shane Burgos. I feel like these guys are so similarly matched both in fighting style and ability. But I think Burgos is just like a little more into his prime. Barboza, right. obviously, like he's going to go down as one of the one of the great lightweights. Maybe not one of the great lightweights, but is a very highly regarded uh, or sorry, featherweight fighters. Uh, I mean, he's obviously world class. He, he's coming towards the end of his run. So I like Shane Burgos as kind of a, a momentum pick. I think this is a guy that's on the up. He lost his last fight to Josh Emmett, who's I think the number six ranked featherweight right now. So I mean, you can't disrespect him there. That was a fight of the night. Uh, it was a great fight, fight, fight as well. Great fight. Yeah, and it was it was it was by it was by decision. So I mean, he didn't go down either. So I like this guy to uh, at least go the distance. I think he'll do enough here. I mean, out of his last five fights over the last couple of years, he only lost that one, and then he lost to Calvin Qatar too, uh, in back in 2018, and, and then he took care of business otherwise. So. I think he's got a slight edge here. I mean, the I think the I think the line here is is pretty fair. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him at minus 120.
0: Yeah, I agree with that breakdown and analysis. He's a guy who has uh, just one loss, or is it two losses on the record? Um, but they're all against. They're only against. He only loses to really really solid guys. And Edson Barboza is a solid guy, but when you look at the longevity of the careers of the two, it does seem like one of those fights where Shane Burgos is on the rise uh, and Barboza maybe on the slight decline. I mean, this should be a great fight though. Shane Burgos gets into absolute slugfests. Like he he can take an enormous amount of punishment, an enormous punch and he can fight back. He's just a really fun guy to watch. I really am a big fan of his um and I want to see him, you know, keep climbing the ladder here. I think this is a good spot for him to get a ranked win over Barboza who uh has been some kind of back and forth uh, with his results, he's he's you know you keep thinking he might be Dunzo, but he pulls off a win when you don't expect it. So I'm hoping that this isn't one of those spots. I, I think Shane Burgos is just good enough to get this done. Um, I could see it as being like a very technical stand-up fight, uh, just where they just you know strike each other throughout it, and uh, it comes down to a decision. Um, that's probably how I see the fight going. But I'm going to side with Shane Burgos as well. As a slight uh, minus 120 favorite. So we'll both be on the Burgos train in that main card opener. Second fight on the main card is a flyweight fight. Number two, Caitlin Chukagian as a minus 140 favorite takes on number seventh ranked Vivin Araujo, a plus 115 dog. Um, don't know much about Arahu, do you? Uh, probably not.
1: No, I'm the one, I'm supposed to defer to you in this situation.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about her.
1: Um, yeah, she's the number 7th ranked ranked fighter in in the division, so I mean <laughs> she's obviously got some quality here. But I think the focus uh, here I was doing my research on Chukagian, Yeah. Uh, and she is touted as the <laughs> this is a direct quote, the most boring UFC fighter in the women's uh in the women's game. That's funny. Yeah. Like multiple people have said that. And uh, she's responded saying, "Like I don't care. I'm like I'm here to win." Valentina Shevchenko even spoke about it too. Um, <laughs> so apparently, she's the most boring fighter in the sport. Let me take you through her. But she's res- ranked number two. Now you'll like this
0: though. The reason she probably has that. Okay, I'm gonna take you through her wins. A win over Lauren Murphy in 2016, uh, three round decision. Win over Rene Aldana, decision. Win over Jessica I or no, loss to Jessica I, decision. Win over Alexis Davis, decision. Win over Mara Boreo decision. I don't think she's ever finished a fight. Win over Jennifer Maya, decision. Win over Duran Calderwood, decision. <laughs> 2020. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo, she wins by decision. Loses to Andrade via body punch, which is probably the result we remember most recently. And then uh, a win over Antonina Shevchenko by decision, a decision machine, Mark, a decision I'm machine. Saying, I'm
1: saying I think if we're looking at that, we we take this minus 140 line and we prop it up by saying that she wins by decision. Yeah, I like what, that. what would be the line on that? I don't even know if they would have posted that by now. Yeah,
0: I can look. It might be a little early in the week to pull that, but um,
1: yeah. Keep your eye out for that if you're all betting of her later wins.
0: All of her wins coming by decision. I think that's probably the way to go in this one. Um, we've seen some like good stuff from Chukagian where. She can usually like hang in there okay on in the striking. It was kind of surprising to see her go down with that. She lost by that body punch and her last her last loss. Um but usually she's like fine in the striking and then she's a pr- pretty solid uh wrestler too. That big win over Antonina Shevchenko, uh she just controlled her on the ground the whole fight and got the job done by decision. So, yeah, I think uh you kind of take uh take what's in front of you here, which is to take Caitlin Chuchagian. Uh, At either minus 140 or prop that up later in the week by decision. Ready to move on?
1: Yeah, let's keep it rolling.
0: Uh, Middleweight fight This is actually a pretty interesting one. Uh, We've got seventh ranked Jack Hermanson, a most sizable favorite on the main card. He's at minus 165. He takes in the number 10th ranked Edmund Shabazian, who was an absolute hype train that was derailed by Derek Brunson last year. Shabazian, a plus 135 dog. What are you going to do?
1: I'm going to take Hermanson here. I think it's easy to forget that Hermanson was a title contender like yep. six months ago. Yep. yep. He lost to our boy Marvin Vittori, though, in a surprise fight. Yeah. Right? It was, he was, yeah, supposed to fight, was he supposed to fight Kevin Holland?
0: Yeah, so Vittori and Kevin filled Holland in.
1: fell out Right. and then Vittori, Vittori, Vittori filled, filled in, in, and in and beat him. And right. now Vittori's looking at the title shot. That's
0: right. Um, yeah, before that had happened, Hermanson and... Scored a really fast uh, heel hook submission of Kelvin Gastelum, uh, so yeah, you're right. He was right up there near the title, um, and now I think he was he's sitting like at seventh. Or fifth. Yeah, now he's sitting at seventh, and this is definitely an interesting question mark fight. Edmund Shabazi kind of the same sort of deal. He was this hype train coming up um, through the system, like getting a lot of flash highlight reel knockouts, um, and then he gets grounded by Derek Brunson. But in hindsight. Uh, no shame in that. I mean, Derek Brunson just did that exact same thing to Kevin Holland in what was one of the most boring main main event fights of the year. Derek Brunson's a very, very solid gatekeeper is what we learned from that. And so no real shame to Edmund Shabazian. Uh, but that being said, the blueprint's kind of out there in terms of how to beat him because he, will, he was so dominated by Brunson on the ground with so much top pressure and top weight. And um, Jack Hermanson is someone who I feel like can take that game plan and replicate it and get the job done here so i feel like if you watch that fight if you're at hermanson's team and you watch that fight between uh shabazzian and brunson you just kind of make some notes on how to get him to the ground and how to control him and where, where his weaknesses are i think it's a pretty straightforward game plan and it's it's too it's too obvious a game plan to bet shabazzian in my opinion do you agree
1: yeah i was thinking stylistically that I, I liked Hermanson's ground ability to get to the takedown and then mm-hmm. combine that with his strikes on the ground mm-hmm. where I, I I don't really, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, this is me talking. I've never been in a UFC fight in my life, but <laughs> just as a casual observer, I've never really been a huge fan of Shabazzian's takedown defense. So I think right. that for me, plus I just think Hermanson is just a little bit more talented all around. I think he, I mean, obviously he lost to Vittoria in his last fight, but it was but a good fight. I can't hold that good, against him. It was
0: a good fight. It
1: yeah, a good fight. I, I lost. I lost to Vittoria in my last <laughs> fight, and like they don't hold it against me. So, like, yeah, I mean, what we? No shame I mean, in that. No shame. Yeah, in like that. we can't we can't judge him against that, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Hermanson for this fight. Yeah, both stylistically too. and in context.
0: Me too. We're both gonna side with Jack Hermanson at minus one sixty-five. Uh, co-main event, lightweight division number five-ranked Tony Ferguson. A minus one thirty-five. Oh no, no, he's not. Oh, plus one thirty-five. Dog, Tony Ferguson is. Excuse me. Takes on Benil Dariush, the minus one sixty-five favorite. Uh, last time Tony Ferguson fought, we said if he loses, he's gonna get kind of bounced down the division, and that was probably his last chance. Is this his last last chance, or is it over?
1: I don't know, man. I I. I think this is a sign of it. I mean, Darius is a guy who he he's he's been climbing up the ranks fast and he said after yeah. his last fight he said I want someone in the top 5. So Tony so uh Dana White said, "Okay, you can have number 5 on the decline, yes, Tony yes. Ferguson." So I think it does match up. Like I think I think Tony is still in contention enough to fight a top 10 guy and I think Darius is a guy who, you know, he does deserve a shot to crack into that top 7, you know, spot. Yeah. So I don't know if it, I don't know if a win here, like I don't think a win here takes Darius over Conor McGregor, you know? Right. But I agree. It'll bring him out. McGregor sitting in six right now, so I I think. You think it brings think him to seven or something? Yeah, I would say it brings Around him to there. seven. Yeah, maybe, even they give Conor the bump just This is so classic.
0: This is so classic MMA and UFC though. To have a guy like Tony Ferguson who's like sitting at the tippity top, can't quite get that fight with Habib, can't quite get his title shot that he deserves. He's sitting there at the top, has a long layoff, finally comes back in a fight he's supposed to win, gets beat up by Justin Gaethje, then gets fed to the next, like, absolute, like, dark horse in the division in Oliveira, who's on the absolute come up, who uh, who dominates him on the ground with really slick uh, jiu-jitsu, loses that fight, and then now gets fed to another hungry guy on the... Co- it's just so tough, man. Like... When you're at the top there, you just get fed. You slide down the hill and just get fed to these absolute lions on the come up on the way down. Um, and as much as I want to take Tony Ferguson, and we have taken Tony Ferguson in the past on the podcast, we've talked about how he's a good a good guy to put your money behind because he doesn't care like about pain. He doesn't care about the damage he takes. He's literally going to leave it all out in the cage, which you got to love, um, and that's why everyone loves Tony Ferguson. But it's hard to take him on this slide that he's on it's hard to take him to the top to stop the slide, especially when I like. I really like Benil Dariush. I think he's he deserves this shot, and he's been on an absolute run. So uh, it's tough. Are, are you gonna? I'm probably gonna side with Darius here and just take him straight up to get the win. As much as it hurts me to do so, I'd love to see Tony Ferguson pull it off, but I just don't think there's enough reason to take him. Agree.
1: Yeah, I'll go one step further. I think okay. Darius is going to get a knockout here. Wow. A KO or a TKO. You I think, think this
0: is the this is the end of... Uh, you're really calling an end to Tony yeah. Ferguson's career. The line,
1: the line is not out for the prop on uh, the fight ending early in favor of Darius yet, so yeah. I have him on the money line right now, but okay. I will when that comes out. I will take that just right, for next week's show note. But I think... I don't know. I've just been having a problem with Tony Ferguson stylistically, like... A couple years ago, it was awesome how he was doing like all these crazy like <laughs> spins and flips and shit in the cage. The game's then, caught up like, to
0: him. The game's caught up to him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I think it was the Gaethje fight for the vacant belt where yep. we were like, for the interim belt we were like, where I thoroughly was backing Tony Ferguson, and I yep. said that in the lightweight division, like there's three guys you don't bet against, and that's Khabib, Conor, and Tony. Yeah. And then he got smoked. Like, he got (laughs) absolutely murdered. And then I thought, okay, he's going to rebound. He's going to cut the bullshit out. And he's going to come back against Oliveira. Which, obviously, Oliveira is a stud. He's fighting for the title after this fight. But, again, like, Tony Ferguson, it was like he was never going to win. And it seems like he's almost, like, reluctant to go for a more direct fighting style. And I think the fighters, like a Gaethje, like an Oliveira... Those guys are primarily wrestlers, obviously. Where Darius is more striking, mm-hmm. but I think what those all three of them have in common is discipline to stick to their game plans. Ah. Where you see a guy like Darius, he's not necessarily like when he doesn't get the knockout in the first two rounds, he sticks to what he's intending to do, and he doesn't get phased by the time ticking by, right? And so, I just feel like against a disciplined fighter like Darius, who's cleaned out like the bottom half of his rankings already mm-hmm. and a guy on the come up who's eager to get into that top five and probably deserves to be close to it. I don't think he'll have a problem like with any kind of distraction that Ferguson can throw his way or any kind of like we say unique fighting style. But at this point, like <laughs> what have we not seen Tony Ferguson do, you know? So I kind of, I, I just feel like Darius, I think on the day it all comes together for him and I, I can see him really dominating this fight on their feet getting a knockout, getting an early stoppage.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like everything you said. Um, definitely a cro- another crossroads fight for Tony Ferguson and his last two losses. He got beat by Justin Gaethje, who is a, you know, a guy with a wrestling background, but has really good boxing. Obviously we found out mainly in that fight, just how good his boxing was, but then to see him lose to a, a jiu-jitsu specialist like Oliveira. It's just tough because you're seeing him lose to guys with two different strengths, and so it's it's it shows that you know maybe he's maybe he's you know doesn't isn't quite the same old Tony Ferguson that we uh, we loved, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard to take him. So I'm gonna agree with you here. I think Darius uh, is it's a good spot for Dariush to get a big win and get a big name on his resume. Um, so I like that you're gonna go for the knockout. I'm just gonna go ahead and take him straight up. Uh, and the, the next and last fight to, to break down, Mark, is the, uh, the main event between uh, Charles Oliveira and uh, Michael Chandler. But before we do that, a quick word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas Experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. So get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 in a risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today.
1: We're also brought to you by Roman, and look, no one's perfect except Khabib. Even the best fighters in the world miss weight significantly sometimes. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, that's perfectly okay unless you're Khabib, but if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home a US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan and if medication is appropriate it ships to you free with 2 day shipping the whole process is straightforward and discreet and getting started is simple just go to getroman.com/sgp to complete an online visit getroman.com/sgp now to get $15 off your first month look there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED getroman.com/sgp get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment
0: Lastly, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their new fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving Uh, parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and much more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter that best ball mania two tournament for your chance to win a million bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Just like that, we're back Mark and it's time to break down the lightweight championship fight Perhaps not the most hyped fight. I think any fight with Conor McGregor would have probably done better pay-per-view numbers, but perhaps the most competitive fight uh, between Michael Chandler, who scored a big knockout over Dan Hooker in his UFC debut. Um, That was a big one. And then Charles Oliveira, who's kind of been the dark horse in the division, a guy that not a lot of people were talking about, but uh, has really been putting in the work. And he's a jujitsu guy who's been on the climb, and now they meet each other for the title. Let's get you the lines on these let's see we've got uh charles Oliveira. he's the number three lightweight in the world he's a slight minus 130 favorite right now you can get michael chandler who's currently ranked at number four you get him at plus 110 as a slight dog mark how do you see this fight going
1: well look i have to say first of all i mean <laughs> michael chandler he walks into the ufc yep gets a first round knockout and now he's the number four ranked fighter <laughs> in the division <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever gotten that highly ranked in such a short amount of time. Who did he yeah. beat? Dan Hooker? Yeah, he right? beat
0: Dan Hooker. Yep. Yeah.
1: Easily. And Dan Hooker, an absolute savage. So right. People, and people were really surprised by that. So Michael Chandler, I mean, he's he's quality. He's a great all-around fighter. Yep. He was doing it in Bellator for a long time, right? Yeah. So, yep fin- so finally uh, got
0: the... He was a stud in Bellator there. He was their lightweight champion and just... uh. Yeah, it was hard to see whether the jump to the UFC how smooth it was going to be, and you can't do it with much more style points than getting a first round knockout on a huge card. It was on the McGregor Poirier uh, yep. two card. Um, so what a way to introduce yourself to the UFC, and now you get a title shot. Uh, how do you see the stylistic matchup playing out? This is an interesting one. Michael Chandler's a wrestling background, Oliveira a ground game specialist, a jiu-jitsu guy. Is this a is this the type of fight we see hitting the mat, or is it one where they kind of offset each other and end up striking?
1: I think it definitely hits the mat, and I think Oliveira is going to be the more dominant one here. Charles Oliveira more submissions than any fighter in the history of UFC in any division, any weight. Wow, which is wild. So I think it's safe to say he's going to go for the submission. I think, like you said, Michael Chandler, he's a he's a great all around guy. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he is a great guy. yeah, I mean, off, I I was talking about in the ring, but off the ring too. He's uh, a great guy. Out of the yeah. out of the cage, yeah, yes, great dude. But uh, no, a great all around fighter. I mean, he can he can fight standing up, and he also has good wrestling ability. My question is, is good wrestling ability gonna be enough against Oliveira? And I have to say, I don't think so. I think Charles Oliveira. I mean, he. I mean, oh shit. There's so many. There's so many things I could say here. I feel like <laughs> this division. When it comes to wrestling, this division has shown right. We've obviously we saw the dominance of Khabib for so long, and then we saw Justin Gaethje stepping up. He's now was he the number one or number two contender in this division, and now we've got Oliveira at number three. All three of those guys, elite wrestlers that have really wrestled their way through this right. division. I think Oliveira is the next guy that's going to do that. I think you look at the guys who are do- predominantly strikers, like a Dan Hooker, like a Darren Till. Uh, who else comes to mind? Connor McGregor comes to mind. Tony Ferguson, who we just spoke about. Yep. All of those guys have kind of given way to the wrestling background. Michael Chandler, he's new to this whole thing. He's sitting right in the middle there, right in between uh, all of those names at number four. Right. And I think Oliveira is just going to have a little bit too much here. um I mean, obviously, just a world class wrestler. And I think, look, Chandler's probably the stronger guy, pound for pound, in terms of physical strength, but. I think Oliveira has enough has enough here to get him to the ground. Uh I do think he submits him. I'm going to take a Charles Oliveira submission at plus 220 in wow. addition to the money line at minus 130.
0: Wow, interesting. Um good breakdown. Yeah, his his submission game is unbelievable. You should look up some of his some of his choke finishes are are so so slick. Um he should have had he should have had Tony Ferguson tapping out to an armbar. He had it completely locked in. And uh, their last the bell fight, rang, right? yeah, he was saved by the bell, but still, he sat. Tony Ferguson sat through that armbar submission for a solid like five to ten seconds, just with his arm completely twisted backward. Charles, yeah, Charles Oliveira is a, an absolute. He's an absolute game contender. However, Mark, I'm gonna have to go against you on this main event pick. I am on the Michael Chandler train at plus one ten, and I'm proud to say it, Mark. Uh, I think how this fight goes is. You're right, you're going to see Oliveira try to push for a takedown and try to get into these scrambling ground game situations where he can lock up a quick choke, where he can lock up an armbar. But you look at Michael Chandler, Mark, look at those Look at those legs, man. You said this on one of our first UFC shows on the podcast. Don't forget about the legs. Focus on the legs. The guy's got absolute tree trunks. Um, he's got a great wrestling base. I think he can keep this fight standing. I think that's good, what he's going to want to do. I mean, after that knockout of Dan Hooker, you're coming in with a ton of confidence, a ton of hype, and belief in your hands that maybe you haven't had before. That being said, he did have some knockouts in Bellator as well, so he's always believed in his hands, Mark. He has the big uh, wrestling base to fend off these takedown attempts and keep this fight standing, and I think he's just hit so much harder than Oliveira that if they get into a couple of those, like, quick pocket exchanges where they exchange a couple hooks or whatever, what it, whatever it may be. I think, uh, he has the power to put a guy like Oliveira down and that that's where it could get very interesting. And I like, I like his wrestling background enough to believe that if he does get in a scrambling situation, uh, with Olivera, he can maybe get up one or two times. I hope he doesn't get in more of those because Olivera is so, so dangerous in the submission game. But I think he's a good enough of a wrestler and a hard enough hitter to take here at a dog price of plus one ten. That's my that's my analysis on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to be as a viewer be prepared to watch a lot of ground game here yeah. because I think Oliveira is coming into this and saying, as soon as possible, get this guy down and go from there. I hope not though, because if if, if
0: Chandler if Chandler can stuff a couple and get this like into the later rounds where they're where they're not as fresh and it gets a little tiring, I I think it could be I think it could be good. I think we could see some uh, different aspects of these guys that we don't typically see sometimes when you see two guys who are really good you know with really good ground games like this sometimes you see them just offset each other and stand up and strike and Oliver is actually we got to give him a little bit of credit for his hands he's he's not bad with his hands either so I, I don't know this this is an interesting fight a really really close one as the line suggests two guys that are deserving of the shot obviously Dustin Poirier should be you know he should have a either have the title already or be you know next in line to get it um, but he chose the money fight with McGregor which you just can't blame him for um, so this is probably the most competitive uh, title fight that the uh, UFC could put together for the time being um, and it's a great one I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and stick to my gut with Michael Chandler at plus 110 I'm not gonna get fancy and take him by decision or knockout or anything like that I'm just gonna take the slight plus money Mark is on Oliveira. he likes what him. do we
1: think about I I have to pose this question go ahead Michael Chandler's fighting nickname is Iron Michael Chandler. Right. Ripping off Mike Tyson. Yes. How do we feel about stealing I don't know say <laughs> stealing. How do we steal about copying another <laughs> fighter? Let alone Mike fucking Tyson <laughs> as your as your name. Uh, what do we think about that?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Um I like the idea of I like the idea of paying tribute to Mike Tyson if that's kind of the idea behind it. But at the same time if you're a wrestler <laughs> It's a little funny, you know what I mean? If you were, if you had like, if your thing was just that you knock guys out in MMA, then it would make a little more sense, you know what I mean? Do you agree with that? Like, if his style is yeah, a like little if different, you're like
1: a Curtis Blades like right. heavyweight. If you
0: just crushed people, if yeah, if you're an Nganu and you want to use Mike Tyson as a as a nickname, like no problem. But if you're if you're Mike Chandler and you're uh, predominantly a wrestler maybe not I don't know it's it's an interesting one but he took advantage of his name being Michael so you know you got to give him credit I just
1: feel like it's that's one of those nicknames that like they like they're fighting should retire nicknames oh interesting no one can use it no one can
0: use Iron Mike anymore is what you're saying like
1: yeah you can't be iron like the iron has been used you you could be (laughs) you could be steel Steel Michael Chandler (laughs) granite yeah but you you can't be iron
0: (laughs) I like it. Uh let's go ahead and uh, close out the show with the Lock Dog Parlay.
1: When we go to gamble, we go to
0: lose subconsciously. I'm still alive. Excellent. Lock dog parlay. Okay, Mark. Uh, something interesting here I wanna mention. Uh, UFC two sixty two, um, the biggest favorite mark on this entire event is a minus 210 favorite. So very, very even matchups all throughout the card. Typically on pay-per-views, we see some lopsided matchups or some big names that are big favorites in these fights. But yeah, very even, even card uh, throughout. Um, So that's interesting. Uh, And I I just want to mention that since we are going to go ahead and give our locks mark the best bet on the card for you this weekend. Who is it?
1: I'm gonna give it to the most boring fighter in the <laughs> UFC. Not my words. I'm just, I'm just don't shoot the messenger. That is uh, Caitlyn Chukagian at minus 140. One we already broke down. I feel like that seems like a safe place. She's the index fund of UFC. I think it's that's a safe place to put your money. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that.
0: Yeah, she's probably yeah that that fight. Probably. That should be her fighting
1: nickname, Caitlin the Index Fund Chukeyan. <laughs> I think, I think the, the market the, basket
0: the lock would probably really be I don't know what the line is on this is not out yet, but the fight to go to a decision is probably like a lock as well, just the fight going to a decision, yeah, um, it's like
1: her to win is minus one forty and decisions like minus two hundred right, <laughs> like right. More, more likely than just the money line. <laughs>
0: uh, my lock, mark, honestly, I like my picks from the main car that I just went over, um, but
1: it I wouldn't think, be a show if you didn't go in prelims. <laughs> it wouldn't be I a knew show, this Mark. Was I it knew wouldn't this be was a coming. show.
0: Well said. Um, I'm going to go ahead and dive into the prelims. Move all the way down. You can find a lightweight matchup. I'm going to take Tucker Lutz. Remember that name, Mark. We'll be talking about him down the line. Tucker Lutz, a slight minus 125 favorite. He takes on Kevin Aguilar. Tucker Lutz, a great professional record. He's 11 1 0. Um, and he's on a good streak right now. He made a good uh win in the contender series uh last year over Sherard Blackledge and I liked what I saw from him there. Um and Kevin Aguilar is not a guy that I'm too high on. So, without going too far into fighters that you probably don't care about, um I'm just going to mention Tucker Lutz is my lock at -125. Mark your dog. Uh
1: my dog I ha- the only the only plus money I took this this week is uh Plus 220 for Oliveira to, to get lock, a submission to lock layer.
0: up a choke. I like it.
1: Yeah, so I guess that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be my dog. Unless you've got somebody farther down the list in the prelims that you think nah, I should take as a dog nah, pick nah. here.
0: The dog pick is obvious, Mark. The dog pick is Michael Chandler in the main event to get the win and take the UFC title, take the division by storm, Mr. Chandler. Come over from Bellator, get a big knockout, and then get another victory in a title fight. Yeah, that's my dog. It's going to be Michael Chandler plus 110 to get it done. I don't have any other good dogs for you to borrow, um, and I know I'm not going to get you off that Michael or that uh, Charles Oliveira train that you're on. So we'll be on opposite sides of the main event, but that's okay. One of us will come out on top. Um, your parlay, Mark?
1: My parlay is going to be a three-fight parlay. Okay. Charles Oliveira, Jack Hermanson, and the index fund, Chukagian. <laughs> Uh, Just three fights. They're all on the money line. They cash out at plus 387. Good stuff. Uh, I just combined two of my favorite bets,
0: uh, and that is my lock and my dog, Tucker Lutz, minus 125, and Michael Chandler, plus 110. Throw those two together for a plus 278 payout. Nice and simple two-fight plus money parlay. Any last words from Mark before we close out the show? Subscribe to the podcast Uh, Like we said, we're going through a transition, so please listen to our next couple episodes so you're all up to speed on that. We'll be jumping over to a new feed shortly and going through a rebrand. You can follow me at BetOnKyle on Twitter. You can follow at the SGP Network on Twitter. You can visit SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Any last words from Mark before we close out the show for the week?
1: Don't miss out on free money. Thousands of dollars being won in the month of June on the new feed. We will see you over there. Thank you.